I've come to believe that starting a business feels a lot like falling in love. You're consumed with thoughts of it, and you put everything into it. Everyone around you think that you're perhaps a little obsessive. You're thinking about it all the time, trying to figure out how to make it work. You're fully invested in making it happen, and it can quickly come to feel like a toxic relationship that wreaks havoc on your emotions with the roller coaster highs when it's going well, followed by the I don't feel like getting out of bed lows when it's not. Not a lot of people talk about this, about the reality that starting a business involves great highs, terrible lows, and frequently unrelenting stress that can take a toll on your mental health. Do you relate to this? As it's Mental Health Week in Canada, and we're all in need of ways to improve our well-being during COVID-19, especially as entrepreneurs, I want to spend some time with you today to deep dive into what good mental health does and doesn't look like, and I'll share four steps you can take to deal with negative emotions and healthy ways during COVID-19, whether your business has come to feel like your toxic lover or not. If you're not clear on what your current state of mental health is, if it's a new concept for you, or if you want some guidance on where to find resources, or if some of your loved ones do, this episode is crafted with much love and plenty of information and explanations for you. Let's get real about how we're really feeling together. Hi, I'm Tanya Dreder. Welcome to Startup Advantage, the podcast. I'm so happy you're listening today. If you're looking for startup education, resources, and community, this is the podcast for you. I believe that entrepreneurship is a team sport and that the best advantage you can give yourself as a startup is through community and shared learning. Many of today's most successful companies began as startups, but they didn't do it alone. And you don't have to either. Join me today and keep listening to your thoughtful strategies and actionable tips that will give you an advantage in your business and life. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend it with me and for trusting me to guide you. It means so much to me. I hope you had a good week and that you and your loved ones are healthy and safe. The current coronavirus pandemic has made us all intensely aware of the fragility of our physical health. We've quickly adopted behaviors such as social distancing and wearing face masks to protect us from becoming ill. But what about our mental health? Relatively little has been said about how this crisis is impacting our mental health. It's important to me that we remember that our mental health influences our physical health and vice versa. This is not just a public health crisis, it's a mental health one too. This week is Mental Health Week in Canada, which is a great opportunity to open the conversation with you. In fact, it's a fact that people don't talk about mental health enough, and even less so when it comes to the mental health of entrepreneurs. If you're not familiar with Mental Health Week, what it is, it is basically a campaign that aims to help shift societal beliefs and perceptions about mental health. And I especially love this year's theme as it resonates so strongly with what I believe in, 
This year's Mental Health Week is all about real connection. Social connections have been found to protect and promote good mental health, and I'll share some tips with you today on how you can make social connection a priority during social distancing. Before we look at some statistics on mental health and entrepreneurs, let's get clear first on what we mean when we say mental health. When you hear the words mental health, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Is it uh, depression? Maybe someone sitting on a couch speaking to a psychiatrist? Men in white coats? Or a famous celebrity checking into a rehab center? Many people use the terms mental health and mental illness interchangeably when really they mean very different things. And if you had these images I mentioned pop up for you, the Merriam-Webster Dictionary's definition will help clear up a few misconceptions for you. I love dictionaries. The word mental health was first used in 1650 and it refers to the condition of being sound mentally and emotionally that is characterized by the absence of mental illness and by adequate adjustment, especially as reflected in feeling comfortable about oneself, positive feelings about others and the ability to meet the demands of daily life. So, it's basically the general condition of one's mental and emotional state. What we think it means is an absence of a mental disorder. What it really refers to is the state of our emotional, psychological and social well-being. It impacts the way we feel, think and act, making it important in all areas of our lives and especially in business. Did I lose you there? Are you wondering, so what's the difference between mental health and mental illness? Well, mental illnesses are described as disturbances in thoughts, feelings and perceptions that are severe enough to affect day-to-day -day functioning. Some examples are anxiety disorders and mood disorders such as major depressive disorder and bipolar disorder. Mental health, however, is a state of well-being, and we all have it. Just like we each have a state of physical health, we also each have a mental health to look after. It's about enjoying life, having a sense of purpose, and being able to manage life's highs and lows. One in five people in Canada will experience a mental health problem or illness in any given year. But five in five of us have mental health. Mental health isn't simply the absence of mental illness. And living with a mental illness doesn't mean you can't have good mental health. Just like uh, someone with, for example, diabetes can live a healthy life, so can somebody with a mental illness. And even if you don't have a mental illness, that doesn't mean you'll feel great all the time. You might experience stress, a difficult life event like dealing with COVID-19 circumstances, or founder burnout. Just like anyone can catch a cold, everyone can experience the ups and downs of well-being. According to the Mental Health Commission of Canada, many factors contribute to mental health problems, including biological factors such as genes or brain chemistry.
life experiences such as trauma or abuse and family history of mental health problems also play a role. So you're probably wondering who is affected? In any given year, one in five people in Canada will personally experience a mental health problem or illness. Mental illness indirectly affects all Canadians and all of us at some time through either a family member, friend or colleague if it doesn't impact us directly. Mental illness affects people of all ages, education and income levels and cultures. Furthermore, statistics show that by age 40, about 50% of the population will have or have had a mental illness. So it's very common. Let's look at some statistics to give us a better context of how common mental health problems among entrepreneurs are. Last year, shortly before the coronavirus pandemic, the Canadian Mental Health Association, supported by BDC, which is a Canadian bank exclusively devoted to entrepreneurs, released an in-depth report examining Canadian entrepreneurs' mental health. The study called Going It Alone, the Mental Health and Well-Being of Entrepreneurs in Canada looked at the mental health and well-being of Canada's entrepreneurs to better understand the unique pressures they face. They discovered that two-thirds, or 62%, feel depressed at least once a week. Nearly half or 46% say that mental health issues interfere with their ability to work. One in five of entrepreneurs feel satisfied with their mental health less than once a week. In comparison among the general population, 8% of Canadians perceive their mental health as poor or fair. Despite these mental health issues, only one in five felt the need to access mental health support and services. And more than one-third identified stigma-related concern as a barrier to seeking mental health support. And now, with COVID-19 dramatically shifting the professional and personal routines of our entrepreneurs and small business owners, it is reasonable to assume the numbers are now much higher. I'll share the link to the report in the show notes of this episode. It's an interesting eye-opening read, and I'd recommend looking at it if you have the time. It will not just increase your awareness, but it will help you to see that you're not alone as you identify the many similarities you share with other entrepreneurs. Next, I want to share five things with you that therapists say they wish you knew about mental health. I'm going to make a statement, and then I want you to ask yourself, is this a myth? Or is this a fact? Here's the first one. Personality weakness or character flaws cause mental health problems. What do you think? Myth or fact? People with mental health problems can't just snap out of it if they try hard enough. Mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak, and many people need help to get better. Next statement. People with mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. Myth or fact? This might surprise you as it is a very common myth 
The vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Most people with mental illness are not violent, and only 3-5% to of violent acts can be attributed to individuals living with a serious mental illness. Next statement. It is impossible to prevent mental illness. Myth or fact? This is a myth. Prevention can work. There are various strategies that you can use to ensure that you keep your well-being top of mind and stay in a good mental state. Next statement. There is hope for people with mental health problems. If a friend or family member develops mental health problems, he or she will be able to recover. What do you think? This is a truth. Studies show that people with mental health problems get better and many recover completely. There are more treatments, services and community support systems than ever before and they do work. Our last statement. I can't do anything for a person with a mental health problem. What do you think? Myth or fact? The fact here is, friends and loved ones can make a huge difference. Only 44% of adults with diagnosable mental health problems receive needed treatment, but friends and family can be important influences to help someone get the treatment and services they need. So that's a lot about what mental health is and isn't, but what does good mental health actually look like? Understanding the characteristics that make up good mental health will help you determine how mentally fit you are. Keep in mind, good mental health might look different from one person to another, but there are six common factors. Good mental health includes a sense of purpose, strong relationships, feeling connected to others, having a good sense of self, coping with stress, and enjoying life. Here are some signs you might benefit from extra help and support right now. You can't think about anything other than the coronavirus. You feel hopeless or angry about the situation. You have a hard time eating or sleeping well. You have low or no energy. You're feeling numb or like nothing matters. You're feeling helpless or hopeless. You're feeling unusually confused, forgetful, on edge, upset, worried or scared. People feel anxious about the future at the best of times and many of us have never encountered a pandemic like this before. It's okay if you need help. Everyone is different and everyone will react differently. Mental Health America recommends a clear four-step path for dealing with negative emotions in healthy ways that can help you decide if you should reach out for help. I want to invite you, whenever you feel uncomfortable or unpleasant emotions, to remember the acronym PATH and to use it. PATH stands for pause, acknowledge, think and help. Let's go through these steps together. 
Step one in dealing with negative emotions in healthy ways is to pause. This step is important because instead of acting on feelings right away, you stop yourself and you think things through. Ways to slow down enough to pause is to count to 100 or say the alphabet backwards. Step two in dealing with negative emotions in healthy ways is to acknowledge what you're feeling. For example, are you mad at someone or are you sad because your feelings were hurt by something they did or didn't do? Whatever it is that you're feeling, know it is okay to feel that way. Step three in dealing with negative emotions in healthy ways is to think. Now that you have taken a few moments to figure out what exactly it is that you're feeling, now is the time to think about how you can make yourself feel better. Step four in dealing with negative emotions in healthy ways is to get help. Take an action to help yourself based on what you came up with in the previous step. If you are having trouble thinking of ways to help yourself, try one of these activities. Watch a funny YouTube video or a movie you love. Play with your pet if you're lucky enough to have one at this time. Keep an eye on the social media accounts of people you look up to and make sure to follow positive-minded people. Explore self-management strategies like mindfulness, yoga, meditation, art and exercise. If these activities don't offer the release you need or don't seem like good options for you, now is the time to decide to reach out for professional support. It can make all the difference. Here's a few resources you can tap into for help. Anxiety Canada has a great free app called MindShift that can help you manage anxious thoughts. You'll find the link in the show notes. You can also take a free self-directed course from the Canadian Mental Health Association called Bounce Back Online to help manage low mood, stress and anxiety. The online version is available absolutely for free, no referral needed. The Mental Health Commission of Canada also has a great resource inside its Working Mind COVID-19 Self-Care and Resilience Guide. It's called the Mental Health Continuum Model. It's a simple tool that presents a series of emotional, cognitive, behavioral, physical, and substance use indicators. These indicators can be used to measure positive through deteriorating to poor mental health and changes in personal functioning. It's color-coded as green for healthy, yellow for reacting, orange for injured, and red for ill. The indicators are paired with their corresponding colors to help you understand when it might be time to ask for help. I'll share a link to this guide in the show notes. I also believe we need to come together to stay mentally healthy. You've heard me say this before, but entrepreneurship is a team sport. We all need support and connection can make all the difference. Even NASA astronauts who are experts at living in confined spaces understand to not go it alone and they value staying connected in order to stay mentally strong. Did you know 
the astronauts say a strategy they use to maintain their mental health include weekly video calls from space with their loved ones. Although we are not in outer space at the moment, it sure can feel like it right now with social distancing and working and studying from home. Here's a few more tips that can help you to make social connection a priority in these difficult times of social distancing. Make it a part of your routine. Pick a dedicated time each week when you forego all distractions to check in with and connect with others. Schedule it, just like you would a meeting. Write the time in your agenda or put an alert on your phone. Prioritize technology that mimics face-to-face -face connection if you can. We know from research that we take most of our social cues from body language. So the closer you can get to mimicking a person's interactions, the easier it will be for you to feel connected to the other person. Also, use technology to recreate group activities like a book club or game night. Movie nights can also be fun. If there's one thing I want you to take away, it's that you're not alone and that there is support and that there's lots of free support available. Also, I want you to write down the acronym PATH on a sticky note or a piece of paper and put it somewhere where you can see it regularly. And when you feel negative emotions, ask yourself what path you should take. These four steps will help you to deal with negative emotions in healthy ways during COVID-19. Pause, acknowledge, think, help. Instead of acting on feelings right away, pause, acknowledge what you're feeling and know that what you're feeling is totally okay. Think, think about how you can make yourself feel better. Take an action to help yourself or decide to get some help. The free resource I mentioned to you is a great place to start when you're looking for help. You'll find the links to these resources in the show notes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please write a review for me in the Apple Podcasts app. Your review is powerful. It encourages me and help others choose this podcast. And it would mean the world to me as I am struggling, as we all do when we start something new, with a dosage of imposter syndrome. I do plan to talk more with you about this very soon, including what it means and how we can work through it. I want to end our time together today with a powerful quote by Noam Sponsor, a professor of psychology and a practicing clinical psychologist specializing in the treatment of anxiety disorders. He says, mental health is not a destination, but a process. It's about how you drive, not where you're going. I'd love to hear from you and what your thoughts are if you do want to connect. Let me know what you're worried about or wanting to hear about. It will help me to help you. Stay connected, stay safe, and good luck with the process. We're all in this together. Try to enjoy the drive and choose to stay on the right path. I hope you'll have a mentally strong week. I hope you enjoyed this episode, my friend. Thank you for listening to Startup Advantage, the podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review this episode. I'd love to hear your feedback and suggestions for topics for future episodes. 
Remember, entrepreneurship is a team sport and the best advantage you can give yourself as a startup is community and shared learning. I look forward to connecting with you again next week.